you know, we don't really like ourselves that much. episode we do my will to live gets sapped a little more just a little bit more it's a little less and less uh, family to say welcome back to Should sequel be- to k where our intros just keep getting better and better my <laughs> name is stefan salehio and with me is brandon pollock hello and chris ranta Chris, I fucking hate you. Just say hi. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, 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 I had a dementia episode there. Hello. And making his triumphant return from our Star Wars episode is special guest Corbin Stewart. Say hi, Corbin. Hey, what are we doing here? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I forgot to mention. Great to be back. I, I found Corbin in my fucking suitcase when we moved to fucking New York. Just hey. stuffed it like the side pocket of it. Like, hey, how you doing? I've been here for three years. <laughs> Wait, is this a suitcase or a body bag? It's a suitcase. Today, we are not actually reviewing any movies because fuck movies. Uh, we are reviewing movies, you fucking idiot. Well, okay, but we're not doing we're not doing like a franchise. franchise. I should say we're not reviewing a franchise. I'm an idiot. Now, <laughs> you yeah, you fucking nerd. Welcome to sequel, we got, okay, where we what? where we scream simp at each other until Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> That's so depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Discerning listeners may recall that we did in like, Chris, I think it was October of last year. We did kind of a catch up of all the movies we had seen in in the, in that year. And we just kind of talked about them all in that episode. Uh, Yeah. Funny story about that. So Brandon bailed on us at the last minute for a Blair Witch episode that I told them I wasn't going to do a week in advance. So Stefan and I were panicking, going, oh, fuck, what can we do? And we only had a half an hour till we could record. And then we opened up by talking about the Banana Splits movie for what felt like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a productive time had by all. Uh, Good time had by all. But anyway, we're doing the same thing this year, this time uh, about halfway through the year, because I guess this will be coming out kind of end of June. Uh, so, yeah, we have we have Corbin here, which has definitely boosted our amount of movies we're going to talk about and it's also for their reviews yeah <laughs> everyone just please, sit for Corbin. It, please god <laughs> gas me up 
At first, I thought you were going to say thanks for gaslighting me. Gaslighting? Oh, bro. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be talking about gaslighting later, guys. Corbin, I've been meaning to ask this ever since I saw this on the list, but what the fuck is Butt Boy? Yeah, word. I kind of saw that real quick. and I was like, huh? Oh, my God. I had to review it um, for this guy I review movies for, and it was just so bad. It's about this guy who uh, he develops an anal fixation, and then he just like anything that he puts up in his butt goes to like a warped dimension inside his Fucking ass and what, it just what? gets like stuck there forever and it's so fucked up <laughs> he starts with put like he he puts like baby toys in it and then he upgrades to putting children in his ass what the it's just yeah no, yeah no we should not talk about butt boy okay <laughs> that sounds <laughs> here comes butt boy to the rescue oh and there go all the kids okay oh just so sits bad. on all of them <laughs> well that sounds like the worst thing ever sounds terrible okay so how we're gonna do this is like we're just gonna Go ra- go around in a circle, I guess, and just talk about whatever movie comes to mind. Uh, Corbin, you're the guest of honor. Uh, do you want to pick something, and then we'll chat about it for a bit? So something, uh, I don't know, somebody do something. Yeah, sure. Um, we, <laughs> we can start with. Um, I'm assuming all you guys saw the Invisible Man. I did. Uh, I believe Chris did too. I did not. Well. At first, I thought The Invisible Man was uh, a sequel to the Pee Pee Poo Poo Man of sorts. <laughs> the, <laughs> the bye bye man. Bye man. <laughs> yes, uh, I heard he's also called that. Pee Pee Poo Poo Man. <laughs> you imagine, you, you're you're like the main villain of a horror movie, and you like create this spend this whole time creating this this name, this background for yourself, and someone comes around. Hey, it's Mister Poo Poo Pee Pee Man. I was like, fuck yes fucking amazing okay actually uh that movie really turned me on oh. anyway what did what did you guys think of uh invisible man yeah serious thoughts corbin come on serious uh i thought elizabeth moss was the best part of the movie i i thought the plot itself was okay the big twist in the end I thought that Elizabeth Moss just carried the whole movie on her shoulders. Plus, it's one of those movies where you always go and the crowd is packed and it's a bunch of like screaming teenage girls. Who a jump heist movie. Every, yeah, every single jump scare just start yelling. So I think it just makes the theater experience so much worse. I, I, I just want to say outright, yeah. Corbin's been death glaring me as soon as he started talking about teenage girls. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> because as we as we all know, Chris, you are a teenage girl. <laughs> I think Thank I think you're saving that because I know the FBI is listening. Based on Corbin's experience, I'm assuming this is a movie where my experience is greatly helped by help by just watching it on YouTube. Yeah, no, I watch it at home, so yeah, I think it would be way better watching it at home. Yeah. The I, yeah. It sounds like I liked it more than you anyway. Uh um, I I think um, I basically agree that like Elizabeth Moss basically carries it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I as for like the themes, the themes of itself, like it's clearly going for um, kind of like an allegory on abuse and the psychological effect that gaslighting can have on somebody. Uh, I think mostly it works, but like there are some parts where like and I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of tiptoe around it. But like if somebody does say that, like. Because she tells people that there's like an invisible person stalking her and 
they're they're kind of presented as be kind of being wrong to be skeptical about that whereas like obviously you should believe people who suffer abuse but like if a person does say that like somebody's invisible and is stalking them you're probably right to it would probably be irresponsible to enable that <laughs> so i yeah. think at that point the allegory kind of uh, it doesn't it doesn't work as smoothly as they would like, but mostly I think it, I think it, I think it was pretty good, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so I liked it more than both of you. Holy shit! <laughs> okay, I wasn't expecting that. I did like it. I just uh, it, like it's not one of my favorites of the year thus far. But anyway, yeah, Chris, go ahead. Um. So I watched it at home last night. I think the allegory works really well. I mean, if we start getting into the minutia of it, like, oh well, she's saying there's an invisible man. I don't necessarily think that's the point. Um. No, no, I, I agree. It's not really the point. It's a nitpick on my part, but it's just yeah. something I observed. Um, um, but I'm I'm basically with you guys that Elizabeth Moss carries the entire fucking movie. It's really well written too for a movie about a woman's struggles through dealing with an abusive relationship, just considering it's written by a man. Lee Wan L no, no less was did Lee not Wan L write it or did what did he just direct it? He wrote and directed it. Okay. And um, he also, Corbin, if you don't know this, and Stefan, if you don't know this, um, he wrote Saw and Insidious for James mm-hmm. Wan. Pleasantly surprised on that front that it, that it turned out as well as well as it did. But I'm, I'm not that is, I'm not that shocked. No, I, I meant like knowing that Lee Wan L's other movies are something that do, things that don't appeal to me at all. Like I was expecting this to be pretty good going in. Well, is uh, that okay? I, here's okay. Stephane, I expected you, it to be bad before uh all the reviews came in and it got so much praise which shocked me honestly because it was a january february or mm-hmm, release february. which is like the dumpster release yep. for hollywood horror so well like i'd like the movie i didn't love it but i was surprised by it wow i'm really the only one that liked saw holy shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not not a saw guy <laughs> i don't think i've seen any of the song movies yeah, first, I refuse to watch them. The first Saw movie is like yeah. a really, really good thriller, like in the vein of like Seven. The They're first still making one, more. Yeah, the hmm? first one and Spiral, which is coming out next year now, I guess, are like the only ones I'd be like vaguely interested in watching. But like, ugh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm unless we do a sequel to Chaos, I'm like, there's, I'm probably not going to touch them. Well, like, I, I want to know if like you have to watch the all, like all, how many movies are there before Spiral? It's like four. There's five. eight. Oh eight God. movies before Spiral. Yeah, see, I want to know oh, if you have to watch bad. all those eight movies before Spiral. Like, I hope. Um, from what I'm gathering of the marketing for Spiral, I don't think so. I hope not, man. Because like, um, I'm good. At, I'm good with like watching like the first one and then going to straight to Spiral. <laughs> like, honestly, for for anyone that hasn't gone into the Saw franchise yet, the only one I would recommend is the first one because the sequels get more and more either a convoluted oh, or b like- stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't deal with like torture porn. It's just not my thing. Yeah. I'm gonna be the desensitized prick who says it. I don't think Saw is that gruesome. I think Hostel is more disgusting than Saw. I would not watch Hostel. Yeah, Hostel, nor, nor would I. Hostel <laughs> fucking vile. Like there's no redeeming qualities to Hostel at all. <laughs> but with Saw, the first one's really good. And the others are either kind of enjoyable or just flat out so bad it's good. Imagine unironically liking Eli Roth. Dude, fuck, right? <laughs> Outside of Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Inglorious Bastards. 
God, remember when Eli Roth shot Hitler down with a Tommy gun in a movie theater? That was his high point. That was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When he did uh, the Jack Black movie, The House with the Clock on the Walls. Oh, yeah. Eli Roth made a children's movie. That's right. (laughs) I I remember that movie. It was okay. I heard heard it was good. It was all right. It wasn't like anything fantastic, but it was okay. Like it had an okay premise, I guess. Kate Blanchett's in that too. Imagine Eli Roth directing Kate Blanchett. I'm kind of sad now. It's a really good sign that we were talking about Invisible Man, and then half of that time was spent talking about Eli Roth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the movie. Yeah, it's um, I, weirdly enough, I kind of find myself at a loss for what else to say about it. I, I, I thought the uh, whatever effects they used to convey like the Invisible Man mm-hmm. were were really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really well directed. I think it, at times it like was, at least for me, like it relied a bit too much on like you know jump scares and i know there's a good time to use jump scares but like i i just don't like them generally because i don't like having my adrenaline spike uh, okay and and i guess this is where because i what there's like maybe two or three jump scares in there's the two movie. or three but they're they're very conventional ones but i think they work because of how they're placed like like you said like there's there's a time and place for jump scares and i think they work really well in this um, the jump scare that does work in it is uh, when she's in the attic. Yeah, yes. that one's cool. That one's cool. Uh, um, that one's really that's great. That's a good scene. Um, so I'm assuming all three of us recommend it at least somewhat. Yeah, I would recommend it. Yeah, yeah I, I will. I'll, maybe I'll check it out later. This um, is also serving as us just basically recommending movies to Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Man, a lot of welcome, the podcast, dude. Yeah. Welcome to Boys Roast Brandon for three hours. Um, <laughs> no, so your average I, day, you know. I I'll, I will say I will say before we move on though, um, if uh, if you're gonna watch The Invisible Man, I highly recommend pairing it up with Steven Soderbergh's movie Unsane from a few mm-hmm. years ago, because okay. that movie also deals with. Not so much an abusive relationship, but someone trying to get away from a stalker and also being gaslit in a very similar way. Mm -hmm. And both do a wonderful job at getting that point across. So I I highly recommend both. Soderbergh's the cool. No, no, (laughs) Soderbergh's king. God bless him. That man fucking turns my crank every time I watch one of his movies. He can direct the shit out of anything. He could direct my colonoscopy and make it look good. He could direct uh, Linda Cardellini licking. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) Your syphilis infested face. (laughs) That's a sentence I never thought I'd hear today. (laughs) Hey, time to talk about Capone. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's that's as good a lead-in as any. Fucking hell. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Uh, so people might remember that come, I think it was March or April, uh, we started seeing a lot of publicity and a lot of reviews for Capone, which is Josh Trank's comeback to, you know, making movies uh, after Fan Forstick. Um Classic. And then Capone. And then Capone comes out, it gets mixed reviews overall. And people like the people that don't like it really don't like it. Uh, it be- mostly on the hands of like, uh, well, it, you'll like it if you like seeing like tw- five minutes or whatever of Al Capone shitting himself. And I'm like, yeah, that does sound kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like, I definitely admire its ambition. Like it's surprised, like 
it tries to do a lot of cool shit and a lot of the, and sometimes it does succeed. Like I think there's like a dream sequence, like midway through or something. Oh, yeah. The first hallucination the, sequence, the, the shining esque ball. And then he mm-hmm. has like the hallucination flashback of, uh, torturing mm-hmm. their captive. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that was really well done. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this movie kind of well, sucked. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't, well, I didn't really like it. Well, I think Tom man, Hardy's. Yeah, this movie kind of rocked. Uh, I mean, like parts of it, like are fucking hilarious, and like parts of it are legitimate. Like I said, like really, there there are times when like the ambition and like the the execution like just are right on point with each other, and there are points where like. Basically, the the scenes where they just let Tom Hardy talk are just kind of fucking hilarious. Uh, I think I think the first thirty five minutes of this movie are fucking awful. Oh yeah, the first thirty five minutes just fucking suck. They're so fucking boring. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's as soon as Trank starts to kind of realize what he wants to do with the movie because I think if there's one thing this movie does incredibly well that very few gangster movies have been able to do like Scorsese does it, but he like Scorsese has been able to depict this well enough, like in certain aspects of his movies. But I think that Capone really, really, really gets how just disgusting mob life is. And just how like, not even just how disgusting, but like grotesque and horrifying. And it, it really, it seems like the one of the better mob movies to take a like a mob legend like Al Capone mm. and completely strip him away of his power and just turn him into this at points laughing stock and embarrassment for our laughs mm-hmm. and also just kind of make him out to be like this sickly monster and it's it's fucking fascinating yeah and i i i wish that the movie had kind of leaned into more of like the shining esque elements. If that made, if that made sense, like, cause oh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. like there are parts where I was thinking like, I, I really wish instead of watching the movie I'm watching now, I could just watch a movie that was full blown, like a shining ass psychological horror starring like a sickly dying Al Capone. Like, I mm-hmm. think that would have been so much cooler than what we got where I think what we got is it's it's very hit or miss in my opinion like there are times when like i just want it to end and times when like this is actually kind of brilliant and there are times of like oh this is fucking hilarious please never stop acting tom hardy uh, <laughs> and tom hardy is like transcending good and bad performances like between this and venom oh god you're right <laughs> tom hardy's a fucking legend <laughs> yeah where like it's it, you can't you can't just pause you can't just lower yourself to describing it in like a, bi- a binary of good and bad performances like this this transcends the whole art like i'm honestly starting to think that tom hardy is going to become like our generation's nick cage yeah like i part part of me thinks that like i was also i was also gonna like unironically say marlon brando kind of that, that too well, yeah yeah where like parts of his career are just so fucking bizarre I'm imagining Tom Hardy later on in his life having like lines fed to him from a fucking like earpiece. I can see it happening. I can 100% see it happening. Oh yeah. Um, just like, or like he gets cast in like a Vietnam war movie that he doesn't give a shit about. So they shoot him entirely in shadow and it's like surprisingly really good, even though he didn't give a shit the whole time. 
<laughs> You're not referencing anything specifically, are I you? Wonder what movie no. <laughs> no, no, no nothing in particular. Stefan, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I've, I've got something in the works. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was like it's, it's not great. I'm not going to sit here and call it a masterpiece, mm-hmm. but I, and I, but I admire the shit out of it, and I think for the most part, it achieves its ambition. Like once you get past that first thirty-five minutes, I think it's really, really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe if Trank had more time to kind of work out some of the more psychological horror stuff, I think it would have worked a little better. Yeah, because it's because yeah. like we like we've already kind of implied, like this movie is very, very, very heavily inspired by The Shining and by proxy David Lynch, mm-hmm. especially with that choice casting of Kyle MacLachlan. Bless him. Although he doesn't mm-hmm. do much in this movie. <laughs> Hey, he gave him the carrot. He gave him the carrot, man. <laughs> oh my fucking god! <laughs> I I just remembered like the last like sequence of the movie where Tom Hardy like is just wearing a loaded adult diaper in a bathrobe, <laughs> like smoking like a carrot, like a cigar, and is just carrying a, t- a golden Tommy gun around. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Shiny gold Tommy. laughs> like um, maybe maybe that maybe that could have like truly been this like kind of psychologically terrifying and surreal moment but like i don't know maybe that's what they were building up to but as is it was really fucking hilarious <laughs> brandon you gonna watch capone <laughs> um <laughs> sounds about right <laughs> or do you remember when uh capone and matt dylan uh explained the plot of wizard of oz to yes! each other <laughs> Oh my fuck! I, I I looked right I looked right at Corbin as that was happening. I said, "That's Stefan and I." <laughs> or when Capone's going fishing, tries to catch an alligator, calls him a bum, and shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my or, gosh! No, no, the hi- no, no. The best part was when fucking Al Capone is visited by Matt Dillon. And he like cuts his fucking eyeballs oh, out. God. Oh god, that was gross. For no reason. Jesus. Yeah, no, it's really cool. All right, let's we we gotta move along. Let's so let's just give our final recommendations on Capone. Uh Chris, do you recommend it? I liked it. I'll take that as a yes. Corbin? <laughs> I I enjoyed it. It's definitely worth for the memes. Good for the lols. You're into that. <laughs> I, I agree it's worth it for the memes. Uh just I'm gonna go middle of the road though, just because of like if nothing we've said appeals to you, like there's probably nothing here for you. Like, oh yeah, like <laughs> yeah, like this is this is for people who are like me, and when they read all the reviews, went, oh shit, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, now let's go, Brandon. Why don't you pick something? Oh God, okay. Uh, Stefan, or no, sorry, Corbin, you you seen Extraction? Um, with uh, uh Chris Hemsworth, it's a, it's a new uh, yeah, yeah, new, yeah. Uh, I did. Oh, I, I forgot to put that on my list, but yeah, I did watch that. Yeah, what did you, what did you, what did you think of that? Because I thought it was not too fucking bad, to be honest. I, I, I was not the biggest fan of it. There, there's a the one, the one scene that looks like one take in the middle. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about the action scene. That's like. It was like 10, 15 minutes. I thought that was really well directed and well done, well yeah. edited. But yeah. other than that, the story was just so bland to me. It was just Chris Hemsworth being an action hero. 
Yeah, like one of his another typical role of his. Yeah, I can agree with that. But that that one scene though was, or that that fifteen minutes of just straight action with nothing like no stopping or anything, straight, no cuts even either. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, just, no. I, I thought that was I wish fantastic. They did that, I wish they did that throughout the whole movie. Yeah. What I didn't like though was how they tried to force. Um, it was it was like the drug dealer's son's bodyguard. They yeah. tried to force his like character arc into there, and they had something going, and then they just completely abandoned it, and then it was just never brought up again. Well, yeah, they try to make you feel for him, and it's just like it's not. There's not enough there to care about two protagonists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's you can follow Chris Hemsworth, and he's doing his stuff because he's you know a war veteran or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I found it. I found it really hard to sympathize with the, the his bodyguard. I felt the script because I think it was written by one of the Russo brothers. I thought I think it was both of them actually. Both of they, them, they, yeah. They, I think they produced or directed or something. Okay, yeah. I think it was just like the Russo brothers just thinking that they after Endgame, like they're unstoppable yeah. and can make any kind of action movie they want. Yeah, like but, it's not, it's like it's not the worst movie I've seen, but I definitely agree with you that the story is just kind of. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, but this guy, actually, the best part in that movie is how Chris Hemsworth, his character, is named Tyler Rake, and then he kills mm. a guy with a rake. That was pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty good. It's based on, I think, a yeah, a graphic novel that's co-written by Joe Russo. Uh, Joe and oh, Anthony okay. Ru- Joe and Anthony Russo are have worked on the on the uh, story along with Andy Parks. Joe Russo is credited as writing the screenplay and both the Russo brothers are producers. Aren't, aren't the Russo brothers those guys who directed that paintball episode of Community? That's the one. Yeah. But it, yeah. was directed, it was directed by Sam Hargrave. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, nothing, nothing else besides that episode of Community, Chris. Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> only thing to know for. That episode of Community, some episodes of Arrested Development, and you mean Dupree. Nothing else. Yeah, not, not, not like it's, you know, not like the biggest cinematic thing in the last hundred years, you know? No, that, 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 that's Avatar. That was James Cameron, dude. Not a lot much more to say about Extraction. It was pretty basic. I heard they're making another one already, though. Are you serious? Like a sequel? Yeah. Yeah, Why? I heard it was extraction like, again. I heard Why <laughs> extraction? <laughs> We're going back, boys. <laughs> Insertion. <laughs> Insert, yes. <laughs> recommend? Don't recommend extraction. Uh, if you have nothing else to do with your day, yes. Yeah, all right, it's all right. If you want to waste it <laughs> like two hours, go for it. But it's all right. Very Gordon. middle of the road. Uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't recommend it because I think it's way too long. But how long is it? It's like two. 15. Uh, Let me check right now. I'll go check. It's a good, it's a good dad movie though. Dads will like. Oh it. yeah. <laughs> Do I look like a father? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> you say, you uh, tell me. Guys, I gotta tell you. I knocked some chick up, and then I took her to the abortion clinic, and now I have the fetus framed in my fucking closet. Yeah, it's 117 what? minutes. Linda Catalini is coming over later <laughs> <laughs> to pet the fetus. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm that disgusting. was disturbing. All right, my turn. Uh, I'm the only one who's seen this, so I'll be real quick. Uh, it's also a Netflix movie. It's an animated movie called The Willoughby's. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on a book by Lois Lowry, who also wrote The Giver. I think. Mm. Uh, mm. It. I couldn't find anything on the studio. It's it's from Braun Animation, 
uh, from like uh, Bronze Studios, who released oh, yes. movies recently. Yes, the studio that brought you Capone or Capone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one actually. Uh, but I couldn't find any other animated stuff they they'd, they'd worked on. Um, it's uh, about this family called Guess What the Willoughbys. Who there's the the parents. And then their kids, um, the parents like love each other and like themselves, but do not give one solitary shit about the kids. Uh, and there's an older son named Tim and there's a, a middle daughter named Jane and then two twin boys who are both named Barnaby. And so they come up with the 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 kids come up with the idea to um, th- there's a series of events. They come up with the idea to orphan themselves. <laughs> Um. Uh. Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, you. Yeah. yeah, it's it's um it's a chart. It like it, it kind of reminds me a lot of like um what what's the guy who worked on Samurai Jack? Uh, Tart- uh Gendy Tartakovsky. Yeah, like the animation is three D, but like a lot of like the action and expressions kind of remind me of him. Like it's a very they're very ex- it's very expressive animation, uh, but it always there's always this like kind of weird darker bent to everything going on, <laughs> which I really appreciate. Which you might imagine from three kids who like literally send their kids uh, the three ki- like four kids who literally send their parents off on a trip to like in the hopes that they'll kill themselves on it. <laughs> oh, I guess it's stop motion. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> But I, I think like the first act and the third act are really, really strong. And but the, the middle act like lags severely. Um, but I did like it more than I thought it would, especially because like a lot of like a lot of modern animation stuff from stuff like uh, Illumination, who I was actually pretty sure had done it until I actually started watching it. Like, I think a lot of that stuff, like kind of I really hate that animation style. But, you know, this was this was a pleasant surprise so i would uh recommend it if you especially if like you're a fan of something like invader zim uh it's it doesn't get nearly as dark as that but you know it's got it's got a bit of an edge to it ricky gervais is in is in it unfortunately but like other than that like and the pacing in the middle like it's it's pretty good so yeah i would recommend it uh who wants to go next corbin you're next my turn um next why don't we just dive right into Olive Garden, the commercial Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog! Olive Garden, the commercial. Sonic the Horge. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Sonic the Horge Hag. Ever wonder Chris? where your tax dollars are going? <laughs> nope! It's still the best line in the movie. That was the best line in the fucking movie! It's between that or that scene where James Marsden, the cop, seriously says well time to abuse the powers entrusted to me <laughs> does he say that yeah <laughs> and then like that that seems actually like really funny even aside from that where they like stuff stuff sonic in a gym bag and carry him up to the top of the building and like he starts like whining about it so they think he they have a kid in there <laughs> that was actually really funny um that was a really funny scene Okay, I, th- I think I think before we talk about the movie, we have, we have to kind of talk about everything that came before it. Yeah, where Sonic, mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog being this kind of cursed ass video game franchise that like nothing can go right for it. Uh, for some reason, like when Sonic is like kind of a joke, they still get the movie greenlit. Uh, Somehow, it's a Christmas. Bear. I guess Sonic Mania helped, but maybe, but I don't know. Uh, and then the the marketing comes out, and he looks fucking horrifying. Just awful. 
just a monstrosity. And then they they did the whole thing where they redid all the animation. And uh, apparently, thank God, they didn't actually abuse any animators when they did so. Uh, so good, good on whoever good on them produced the movie. Um, and then the movie comes out, and it's surprisingly not terrible. It's pretty. It's pretty fine. <laughs> it's fine. Well said. It's a fine movie. It's I fine. Agree. It's it's a it's a I, I definitely liked it. It's it's this year's Detective Pikachu, I think. Like I think like not just Gee, in the sense no kidding, video huh? game. Not just in the sense that they're fucking video game movies, but in the sense that if you're a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, you're gonna be there's you're gonna be way into this just like I was into Detect- Detective Pikachu because Pokemon. Uh it's 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 like, yeah, it's like a dumb, fun kids movie, and like 30% of the humor is kind of disposable shit, but like it's, How about those Olive Garden references, man? But then the, then there's the Olive Garden references which are a big part of it, and then there's Jim Carrey uh, <laughs> Jim, Car- Jim Carrey was great Jim Carrey it. is like a revelation in this mm-hmm. movie He's I love so him so much good. I love and, Jim Carrey, uh, man. Yeah, I, I really liked it what did, what did you guys think? Corbin? No, no, I agree with everything you said It's like the middle of the road movie where you can enjoy it even if you don't like Sonic that much. Like, I love Pokemon, but I did not mm-hmm. like Detective Pikachu. But I enjoyed Sonic probably because I enjoyed Jim Carrey so much. He was just the iteration of what was the villain's name? It was like Doctor Eggman. Doctor Robotnik. Well, pick one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before he became Eggman, I guess his re- his mm-hmm. uh, reiteration was just so great. He was the epitome of classic like children's movie evil characters oh yeah and and classic jim carrey yeah while still remaining jim carrey what was the last movie that we saw like classic jim carrey in probably yes man no no i guess dumb and dumber two dumb and dumber yeah oh we're talking like yeah like quality aside it would be i think maybe dumb and dumber two yeah you're probably right um Um, but as if if we're talking about like a decent jim carrey movie i would say yes man Mm -hmm. yeah okay fair chris sonic Give us your thoughts on Sonic. Uh, Chris really liked Sonic. Um, Good. Or wait, really liked. Oops. Chris thought it was really fine. <laughs> <laughs> Chris thought, like, basically, basically, I'm echoing literally everything you two said because you guys are right. Mm. It's it was disposable, fun, rainy Saturday afternoon trash mm-hmm. that. At points made me laugh a lot harder than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Carrey's great. I love him so much. I miss old Jim Carrey so much. And we need more old Jim Carrey in our lives. Yeah. I wouldn't I honestly I really hope that this kind of revamps his comedy career a bit. Or even even revamps his mental state, because he was in a pretty dark sp- dark spot for a few years there oh, oh yeah mm-hmm. well it yeah because like interview wise he seems to be doing a lot better now yeah no like i i hope that this revives his career i hope this i hope being in the movie and just promoting it a bit has helped with his mental health a bit apparently he's into doing another one as robotnik which i think would be fun i'm fucking i would fucking go in a heartbeat they did yeah. set it up at the end too oh yeah another planet yeah like with the, what with uh Eggman not being dead and also Tails like yeah they're gonna do another one yeah they're mm-hmm. gonna do another one fucking when they fucking brought Tails I was like god damn it <laughs> I mean well, come on like they weren't not gonna do it like if, if they if they knew it was I just don't want after- them setting up a sequel to Sonic 
but that would mean you don't but that would mean you don't get Jim Carrey as Dr. Obonic anymore. So Oh right. You know, you gotta give a little to get a little. I mean, we could just have like Bruce Almighty too. There was no Evan Almighty. <laughs> don't remind me. There was Evan Almighty, yeah. That's like how dumb and dumber were when Harry met Lloyd doesn't exist. Oh my god. And yet, it's actually called Dumb and Dumberer. <laughs> you know what's really uh, great about you know what's you know what the best thing in a Jim Carrey mo- movie is, and it's in a Jim Carrey sequel. It's in Ace Ventura when nature calls when he climbs out of that rhino's asshole. That sounds horrible. It's fucking great. It's fun. <laughs> Also, hot take, Ace Ventura When Nature Calls is better than the first one because at least the second one isn't transphobic. Sure enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I recommend Sonic the Hedgehog. What do you what do you two what do you two say? I I recommend it and like I wouldn't recommend you spend a shitload of money on it. No, God no. I'd I'd recommend it if it was on Netflix. You know, sit back with your kids and watch it on Netflix. Oh yeah, especially if you have kids. This is a great kids movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, for every shitty kids joke, there's Jim Carrey about to release government-sponsored drone robots. <laughs> As he says, "Ever wonder where your tax dollars are going?" <laughs> <laughs> to no one in particular. <laughs> to no one in particular. Yeah. Before even the Olive Garden ads, the Zillow ad. Yes. Oh, that one, that one may have been the worst. The Olive Garden ones were funny. The Zillow one. The Olive Garden disgusting. ones weren't funny because the Olive Garden is disgusting. Hey, bro, we got to. Don't you dare say that about Olive Garden. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to sit on the Olive Garden for about 15 minutes now. They have the best breadsticks. <laughs> Hi, welcome to my review of the never ending pasta bowl from the Olive Garden. <laughs> welcome to Olive Garden. <laughs> A homeless man was jacking off when we left our Olive Garden. Zero out of ten for forty-five minutes. <laughs> forty-five minutes. Why would our? Why would my parents let me sit there and watch them jack off for forty-five minutes? It's fun, it's fun. It was right outside the window. Olive Garden didn't even close the blinds. <laughs> hey kids, look, dinner and a show. It's like Red Jubilations, you know. Oh my god, this is always as good as Red Robin. <laughs> So it sounds like we all recommend Sonic the Hedgehog and strongly <laughs> don't recommend Olive Garden. Uh, Brandon, why don't you pick something? Oh, okay. I'm going to pick something that I know I think everyone except Corbin has seen. Fantasy Island. Oh, Fuck that. Fuck Let's that talk movie. about this train wreck of a fucking Bloomhouse movie. <laughs> well, oh I, I think we my should, god. No, I think we should start to a simpler time in February before the pandemic hit. Brandon phones me one day and he goes, Hey, you want to come see a movie? Sure. What do you want to go see? Uh, how about Fancy Island? Nope. Fancy Island? Nope. Come on. Birds of Prey. I will only watch Birds of Prey with you. <laughs> Fuck you. Hangs up. Goes to see Birds of Prey without me regardless. <laughs> Fast forward about a week later, I'm on vacation. <laughs> I get a phone call from Brandon on my vacation. <laughs> and because I'm not home to babysit you fucking jackasses, you hey, both fuck went you. and saw Fantasy Island. 
<laughs> Look, we weren't. It, we would have. We would have had to wait four hours to catch the showing of Sonic the Hedgehog. And yes, in retrospect, we should have just done that. Listen, man, the, <laughs> the, ba- the baby gate was open when I tried to leave. So, <laughs> what a fucking horrible film! Yeah, fuck! I left the fucking baby gate open. God damn it! <laughs> I didn't know this was a TV show going in. Like, I didn't even know Fantasy Island, the TV show, exists. Wait, really? Oh, yeah, no, it's so. it's based on a TV show from the late 70s to the mid 80s. Yeah. Oh. And the show is actually, like, it's fucking dated. Like, it's a corny 70s show, but it's really fucking fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as, as the complete opposite of the movie that came out last year. Yeah, like... yeah. That was this year. It was. Was like it this year? January. I yeah, think it was, it was January, or February. Oh, it was January. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it makes a lot oh, of fucking sense. Sense. Oh, Corbin. Shit. What did Corbin say earlier? The <laughs> the garbage dumpster of horror movie <laughs> releases. Pretty much. Well, just movies in general. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I I want to strangle everybody in this movie. I. Oh, and I, the, I just I just hate everything about it. The, the big I, air quotes twist at the end. There was like three twists in the space of like five minutes, and I can't remember a single goddamn one. <laughs> the only one I remember is uh, is the girl. You guys the, took the, away my hot date, so I brought you all to this fucking sketchy island with Michael Pena. <laughs> You're all gonna fucking die. He was in. He was in a Marvel movie. Did you know that? Ah, you made fun of me. You bullied me in high school, so now I'm gonna kill everybody you love. Oh, uh, um. Shit. Okay. Fuck no, you. no, no. It, it went from it went from you bullied me to you killed my hot date in a burning fire by accident. I lost my boyfriend in a fire that was nobody's fault, but I'm blaming everyone because I hate my life. Also, we need to make a movie, and Blumhouse needs to finance the Invisible Man. Also, it's going to be the same girl actor who's in every Blumhouse horror movie, and she's awful. And <laughs> also, like seriously, to- she's been in, like the last three horror movies by Blumhouse, and they're all garbage. I don't think oh, she was you're in talking about the, You're talking about the girl who was in uh, Truth or Dare? Yeah. She's also in Fantasy Island, dude. Oh, yes. Also, it's from the director of Truth or Dare himself, Jeff Wadlow, a genius man who also made Kick-Ass 2. Oh, God. And true, Fuck Jeff Wadlow. And, <laughs> and true memoirs of an international assassin starring Kevin, Kevin fucking James. James. You remember the... Stefan, you remember fucking... At the end of the movie, it's like, oh, my wish is that my brother is is gonna be alive, but I guess that means I'm a captive of this island for the rest of eternity. Like, was, okay, I need a bitch about tattoo. that. <laughs> I'm, no, no, I need a bitch about that. So, <laughs> fucking Jesus. Okay, I don't have much of an emotional attachment to fucking Fantasy Island here, but Jesus Christ, the way nor that they... anybody born after the 70s. <laughs> nor, does that, nor does anyone born during the 70s, but here nor there. <laughs> the fact that they just said, yeah, we're going to introduce Tattoo into the se- like sequel bait Tattoo by just having one of the douchiest characters in the movie have a tattoo that says tattoo on his fucking collar bone collarbone collarbone <laughs> dude like you like you and stefan both realize that tattoo is an actual character on the show right yep yeah is he actually yes yeah. oh i hate my life <laughs> is the plot they go to this island and they die 
Yep. Okay, so we yeah, gotta explain also, Corbin, Corbin, there. Cor- Corbin went to go vape some sick clouds, <laughs> so we gotta fill him in on Corbin, the Corbin is a Corbin is a is a precious little boy who doesn't need to subject himself to the shit show that is Fantasy Island. It's okay, big guy. We're gonna explain it to you. So Fantasy Island is a show <laughs> that's innocent. So hey Fantasy big guy, Island sun's a- getting real low. For God's sake, let me finish. So Fantasy Island <laughs> Okay, one more time. So Fantasy- <laughs> I'm gonna kill and you, Brandon. You feel <laughs> so Fantasy Island was fucking Christ. <laughs> Laugh one more time. <laughs> so Fantasy Island was a show from the late '70s until about the early mid '80s, and it focused on various people because it was like a semi-anthology show, like. Like there would be like two or three different stories going on in each episode. And so like the general premise was these people would go to this island run by this um, like very uh, mysterious uh, but enigmatic billionaire named Mr. Rourke. And he hadn't he had an assistant who was this little person named Tattoo. And Basically, and they were the only two recurring characters in the entire series. And so people would go onto this island to live out their wildest fantasies, but there would always be a catch. So, like, it was always, it was kind of like a weird morality lesson thing. Wait, hold on. So, you said that there's the only two recurring characters, but so, I mean, like, because they added his wife in the movie, like, as like a super important character. Yeah, no, they did not exist in the fucking show. From from what I, from what I remember of the show, the wife doesn't really exist. Was the TV really? show good? Though? Yeah, the TV show's fun. Like, like I mentioned to them when you were out vaping your sick clouds, it's, uh, yes, I said that. It's 2013, guys. <laughs> um, honestly, <laughs> honestly, like you take that premise and try to make it into a horror movie, and I think that should work out really well. I, here's the thing, I'm, and I was talking to you about this, Stefan, when I did finally sit down and watch it. Can't believe I paid $6.99 for that. Um, yeah, I can't either. Yeah, I got it for free because I'm smart. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna punch you in the dick, okay? Promise? No, but like I as I was mentioning, I mentioned this to Stefan in private when we were talking about the movie. And I said to him, I feel like if Netflix put together like, I don't know, like a fantasy island anthology series where like each episode was a different set of characters living their fantasy. Mm-hmm. And you took away all the stupid fucking backstory of the movie. I think it'd be really good. I guess Michael Rooker had to pay rent or something, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Michael Rooker shows up for thirty seconds. I forgot he is in this movie. To be honest, <laughs> you know he what? Died so I Michael, Michael Rooker forgot he was in this mo- in the movie too. All right, nobody here recommends Fantasy Island. No, Fantasy Island. Corbin, going- you should watch Fantasy Island. <laughs> All right, I'll add to the watch list. Um, the I'll just go boys. Any, <laughs> day, any day. Any, I'm just going to get this one out of the way because I feel like we've talked about it on the show before, but uh, Birds of Prey. You know, the movie it's, I would have rather Brandon see instead of Fantasy Island and then decide to go see it. it and, yeah, and you didn't call me a dick. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Dad. Like, fuck. <laughs> you have to call me after every movie you go see so I can judge you. Birds of Prey is good. Birds of Prey is, I mean, is, is, yeah. Bird, Birds of Prey is yeah. wonderful. It is good. Yeah, it's um, a lot of fun. It, it remind it feels like a 70s exploitation movie starring Harley Quinn, and that's why I love it so much. Yeah, I feel like yeah. the only people who actually hate on this movie, too, are all just a bunch of DC fanboys. 
Or just people who hate women. People who love suicide squad. Like, I was talking. Well, I was like, I was talking to somebody. Yes, the other day. I was literally. I was talking to somebody the other day about it, and they, the, all the complaints they had were literally just because it didn't follow with the comic stuff. And I'm like, oh, this, is the, this is the DCEU. Who fucking? They threw all comic book and source material years ago. Like, yeah. If you like Batman v Superman, but you don't like Birds of Prey, eat my ass. You have no excuse. Man, you have imagine, no un- imagine unironically liking Man of Steel. <laughs> I'm going to leave now. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I have, sorry, I'm kidding. I have self-respect. Uh, Corbin, we haven't heard your opinion on Birds of Prey. What's your opinion on Birds of Prey? Yeah, Corbin, what'd you uh, think of the movie? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought, though, the movie is so short. It's like an hour 40, but yeah, it's it felt short. longer. I thought, I thought there was pacing issues throughout it, but, and yeah, I, I wish there was that. more... Uh, I never read the comics, but I wish there was more like character uh, characterization for uh, I forget the other birds of prey, black canary, uh, huntress, black, Mary, black, black canary. canary, huntress, yeah. huntress, huntress. I really like Mary Elizabeth cool. Winstead as huntress. Yes, I just oh, wish yeah, I knew her about her character more. Yes, I yeah. really a lot of I I, felt, I do remember feeling like huntress and black canary's backstories were yeah. like pretty rushed. Mm-hmm. Well, they had like a whole five minutes of backstory, and then they're like, "All right, continue with Carly Quinn stuff." And Huntresses all came like right before the last act. If oh, I'm yeah. remembering mm-hmm. right, she seemed really interesting yeah. too. I actually really wanted to learn more about her. Like Hunt- her Huntress is a stuff. cool character. Uh, yeah, she like has a lot of like. She's not really DC's Punisher or anything. She's she's more associated with Batman, but she does have like a bit more of like that killer edge. Like she, Huntress is a cool character. Mm-hmm. Um, um, her also, costume's extremely different too in the comics. But. I also really liked Ewan McGregor's Black Mask. Oh, he was so. Good. Oh, he was so fun. Yeah. It was so fun. Uh, um, you know what I really like the most, though? The fact that Ewan McGregor left his wife so he could be with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's uh, extremely really? scummy. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like after filming the movie? No, no, this was before. like when they were doing Fargo season three together. Oh. Yeah, we Ewan McGregor's kind point. of a dick. Mm-hmm. Great in the movie, though. <laughs> yeah, great in the movie. He's he's a great actor in general. I love mm-hmm. watching him. He's fantastic. I'm, I I can't wait until he's Obi Wan in his in his Disney Plus series. <laughs> All right, that's he, he definitely he definitely had the higher ground on Mary Elizabeth Winstead, if you know what I mean. When the fuck does that fucking shit come out? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I, think, I think I think we're good on life. <laughs> Well, it was it was a it was a mounting joke. And on that note, we all recommend Birds of Prey, right? (laughs) (laughs) Don't let him explain. (laughs) Probably for the best, Corbin. To be honest. (laughs) All right. Um, Is it my turn to pick something now? Uh, It's Corbin's turn. Corbin, you're up. Okay, so just give me this. I think I got okay. Um, bad education. Oh, I like that movie a lot. That's my personal favorite movie. Bad Education I'm, this year. I'm I'm flip-flopping between Bad Education and another one, which I'm which sure is uh, pretty shortly. Which one's Bad Education again? Okay, so Bad Education's a movie from HBO, directed by Corey Finley, right? Yep. And it stars Hugh Jackman, Allison Janney, and it's about this giant um, public school scandal from like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. About embezzling money. Yes. But the superintendents embezzling like millions of dollars from this like super rich kind of uh, neighborhood. Yeah. 
Well, like, like school board. Well, school board. Yeah, the super like this school board that happens to be in a very wealthy neighborhood where the parents are super rich. Mm. Mm. Okay, and most of the kids go to like Ivy League schools yeah. and everything. It's probably the angriest I've been watching a movie in a long time where I actually enjoyed being angry. Like, what would, what would be another example? Like Vice. Yeah. Like Vice does the same thing. I think Vice does it a little better, but yeah, Vice is with bad, good. but with bad education, it's like when they have the text at the end explaining what happened after the events of the movie. You just like you're like sitting there in a ball of rage, like I want to fucking kill all of these people. Mm-hmm. They're such goddamn scumbags. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackman's so good at playing like that. Hugh Jackman's so fucking good, asshole. Hugh Jackman's great, dude. We. We don't talk about how good Alice and Janie is in that movie often enough, do we? She she was really she was really. I can't believe I can't believe film fucking rules. I can't believe film Twitter just slept on her performance, man. Mm -hmm. Fucking horseshit! I can't believe it just said film Twitter unironically. Yeah, there's one person we expect to be like in the like have their finger on the pulse of popular consciousness. It's fucking film Twitter. (laughs) oh <laughs> uh, yes yes the fan you know you know how the system works yes you know film twitter the same the same group of people that tried to cancel once upon a time in hollywood before it even fucking came out the same group of people that like literally want to litigate whether or not tarantino is canceled like every fucking other week film, film twitter it's it's like k-pop it's it's just full of stands yeah yeah it, Honestly, yeah. I'm, Honestly, like K-pop, I've come around on this. K-pop stands are way cooler than film Twitter. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they shut down the Dallas uh, PD. Yeah, uh, the video force or whatever. It and was what? Called. And what the fuck did yeah. film Twitter do? Something about the phrase Dallas PD video no. force sounds funny to me. Sounds like the, the TV. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a, it's like a, 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 a imagine like a mall cop running around like a like a, like a handheld like camcorder. Not just yeah. any mall cop, but Paul Blart. Paul Blart, yeah. yes, specifically specifically Kevin James. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, like K-pop stands say all caps are all cops are bastards. Like film Twitter, film Twitter people like just argue about whether Birdman was good or not. Like honestly, K-pop stands like cool. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I, I, I feel like <laughs> film Twitter. I feel like film Twitter is absolutely low key ruining my enjoyment of film sometimes. Like, I remember think, when Portrait of a Lady on Fire came out, Corbin, and like mm-hmm. everyone was debating whether that or Parasite was better. And it's like, just enjoy both, you fucking morons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I gotta rank them. <laughs> there has to be a winner. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a bunch of like uh, a bunch of white liberals like fucking masturbating and while ranking shit on Letterbox in a corner with like and a tweeting about it. Corner in a corner this. room with a desk lamp on, just fucking all right. Here we go. I remember the. I remember Here's the- what. Here are my first time watches in January ranked. <laughs> uh, the but the opening scene in Bad Education is. Hugh Grant talking to himself Hugh in the mirror. Oh, sorry, yeah, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman talking to himself in the mirror, and in the background you hear somebody's voice, and it turns out it's Ray Romano's voice. Yes, and then it just you know it's going to be a great movie. Master Chief <laughs> Ray Romano. Yes, I'm sorry. Master Chief Ray Romano. I am sold um, on this already. <laughs> you know what? You know what really fucking? You know what really fucking threw me off when Ray Romano showed up in The Irishman. It was in the oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? You, you, you prepared me for it. You told me that. Yeah, but also, I was like, holy shit, Ray Romano's going to be in this. And he was great. And he's great. 
It's because it's Raven Mono. <laughs> like it, it's it's not it's not as he's not as good in the Irishman as he is in Welcome to Mooseport, though. I always say that. All right, it sounds like you two are done talking about bad education, so we're gonna move. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do strongly recommend it, though. It's probably my favorite movie. Probably my favorite movie of the year. Again, I'm flip flopping between one and another one, which I'm sure Stefan or I'll bring up in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was really, really fucking good and just super well written too. I thought the screenplay was great. The screenplay is um, incredible. The performances all across the board are incredible. Um, one of the one of the younger teen actresses from uh, Blockers plays the that's the journalism. Yeah, plays the uh, journalism student. kid. Yeah, <laughs> who knew? Um, the scene with her and Hugh Jackman, uh, Jackman in the so, hallway. So oh, no, tension. Filled. No, no. The scene with them sitting out outside the school. Oh, after that one's really good. Yeah, that's a good scene too. That's an incredible scene. Um, and as the film unfolds, you just you get more and more tense, and you get more and more angry as it goes along. Mm-hmm. And fuck, it's so good. So yeah, uh, huge recommendation for me. Yeah, it's my favorite movie of 2020 that I've seen so far. So. I recommend it. All right, uh, Chris, I think you're next. Yay. Um, hey, Garvin. You want to talk about the wrong Missy? Oh, oh my fucking God. God. Okay, hold on. I'm going to say something, okay? I watched the Red Letter Media fucking review of wrong okay, Missy. I, I, I haven't watched it, so don't tell me anything. Oh, my fucking God, dude. Okay, Corbin, I'm going to explain the movie. None of you are allowed to laugh until... <laughs> okay. And you can only release when I say so, when I ask Corbin what he thinks of the movie, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, so in the wrong Missy, fuck off. <laughs> I'm already laughing, dude. Like, <laughs> so, so in the wrong Missy, David Spade gets raped twice and then falls <laughs> in love with his assailant. So, Corbin, what did you think of the wrong Missy? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> He's not lying. That happened. <laughs> oh, I believe I saw it. <laughs> oh my god! I don't oh even need god. to see it to know it's just. Oh god! Well, I was texting Chris about this. I- <laughs> 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 no, no, this was basically it. He sends me the list of movies that he saw this year, so I could add him to the list. And I went, "Should I sit down and watch the wrong movies?" He's like, "Yeah, if you like pain, I guess." <laughs> sure. I think it's the worst movie of uh, the series of Adam Sandler and friends take a vacation to somewhere exotic and film a movie exactly, for a free dude. vacation. <laughs> <laughs> the lady, the lady, there's literally Adam Sandler's wife and kids are literally in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Um, it, also, just, we need to do a sequel decay episode about the, the Adam missing. Sandler movies where he just leaves oh. his movies as an excuse to do a free vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Stefan. I Stephane, know you want to. Like, will this be the episode that Stefan utterly commits suicide on? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, it's all right. The wrong Missy. Nope. Find out next <laughs> next time when we talk about like whatever one of these fucking dumbass Happy Madison movies takes place in Africa. <laughs> Terrific. Oh, that's blended. That's blended yeah. How the fuck did we know? Oh my god, it is. Oh my god. Oh, me. Hold on. Wait. No, no. The next you one's gonna be, be in Iceland. You guys should be ashamed that Corbin and I knew that. <laughs> I kind of am, but well, I, honestly, like when I when I was hearing you describing it, like 
I think that was like a, a moment of like surprising self-esteem for myself because I was like considering myself, you, you know, I fucking hate myself. Maybe I should put myself through, <laughs> through this. And then like, I could never quite like my, my cursor hovered on the movie's logo on Netflix for a while. And I couldn't quite bring myself to do it. Do so, you know, it. maybe I do have some self-esteem, although like knowing me, like within like 12 hours, you know, here's, 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 here's the thing That's I think is a, a huge, a huge problem with this movie. And this is- I'm going to tell my therapist. <laughs> um, there, there was a point where I texted Savannah. I said to him, "What's worse, David Spade getting raped twice or the presence of Rob Schneider?" Oh. <laughs> Man, here's the thing, right? And this is what the fucking uh, RLM said about it. Like Rob Schneider and his like his his characters in these like Adam Sandler and Friends movies are is like always like either like the like the Mexican guy or the Indian guy yeah. or like some kind of like non-white horrible character, right? Yeah, horribly yeah. offensive racist person, right? Yeah, and he's a horribly can't, offensive character. You can't, you can't do that anymore. So what you have now is literally just Rob Schneider. <laughs> just being which himself. I'm, which I'm sure is just fucking miserable. It's just it's just him. And that's awful. Plus, uh, Vanilla Ice has a cameo. Right, Vanilla Ice. No, he doesn't. Oh, yeah, he does. oh my god! Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he he shows up to almost. Okay, Man, so this, okay, is, I, this is this. No, no, no. This is when David Spade realizes he's in love with the woman who raped him twice. Yeah. <laughs> I want to keep mentioning that, not because I think it's funny, but because I want you to know that this is what David Spade and company thought was funny. So anyway. Oh, no. No, not even just funny. They thought this was heartwarming. So anyway, this woman rapes him twice. He's madly in love with her at this point. And he tries to do the same prank thing that she did on their first date, which was like, you know, send him to the wrong table and almost get into an altercation with some huge guy who would kick the shit out of David Spade. Rightfully so, because it's David Spade. Yeah. Anyway, David Spade's existence just justifies any violence done to him. I mean, you know what, you know what else as well is like, because I think in this movie he's like, he's like, he's like the kind of corporate guy. He's like, oh yeah, I gotta work my way up the corporate ladder. But like, he's in his like forties. <laughs> he should be sure well David past the era of I need to impress the boss and kiss ass. He should David be the Spade boss. Fifty five. <laughs> <laughs> my, my point more being made here guys he shouldn't be kissing the boss's ass to get a promotion when he should be the boss anyway so i'm trying to explain the vanilla ice cameo <laughs> so he does the same thing to her but he but he ends up leading her to vanilla ice's table instead mm-hmm. and so he just shows up and then he asks vanilla ice when they get when the two when like David Spade and the assailant get together, I'm not even calling her by her real name. The assailant. She's a fuck. <laughs> when David Spade and his assailant get together at the end, he asks fucking Vanilla Ice, "Hey, you want to join us in a three way?" He's like, "No," and that's his cameo. And that's his cameo. <laughs> Man, I nice. thought we were done talking about Vanilla Ice when we did Turtles in Time. Okay, like, oh, I wish. I I thought we no. were done with that the was Go Ninja, Ninja Go Ninja Go. Two, not oh, I'm three. Who Wait, fucking cares, Chris? <laughs> Chris, who fucking cares? Okay, I deserve that. Um, also, Actually, I want to mention it's Teenage Ninja Turtles I, Two. I I want to I want to also mention my favorite moments. The wrong Missy, if you don't mind, Corbin. Oh, go ahead. My favorite moments include David Spade getting raped twice, David Spade <laughs> almost getting killed by a shark, and his assailant 
falling off a cliff nearly to her death. Oh, you know God. why these were my favorite parts of the movie? It almost ended them. Because I thought, oh, thank God, the movie's almost over. Because <laughs> yeah. it almost ended, yeah. And the thing is, that, like, girl, the actress, she just isn't funny. Like, I don't find yeah. her funny. I mean, nobody's funny in a fucking Adam Sandler comedy. No, but, like, like even in, like, her, her, like, other movies I've seen it's her in, I just, I just don't think she's very funny. <laughs> yeah, it's just obnoxious, obnoxious humor. Yeah. Just, oh, it's just I, so over the top, right? Like, you're supposed to... It's supposed to like this, like because David eventually falls in love with her, right? That's the whole point of the movie. It's the typical. Yeah, he falls in love right? with his assailant. But like, it's it's so hard to fucking think of this lady as oh, she's actually just a person who he can fall in love with when she's just her actions in the first third or half of the movie is just so ridiculously outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't fucking see this person as, as anything but that. Why does this movie have Roman Reigns in it? Sorry. And then Rob okay. Schneider, remember, he gets high by putting like weed cream on oh, his shit, body. Oh shit! Right, yeah. <laughs> Fucking massage. That how, weed cream. Oh, I hate this. Because that, because that's how it works. Yes, because that's how it works. Um, oh, fuck. Oh god. If it oh, is, I'm wrong. I'm and sorry, but like, fuck. And remember when she, when the assailant hypnotizes David Spade's boss. Oh yeah, into loving him. Into loving David Spade and hating Adam Sandler's wife. <laughs> and the only way that he can get out of it is if she said like hairy wet werewolf vagina with a yellow tongue or something like that bro i think you got that exactly hang on oh we need it we need to watch the movie now to make sure no you're done no more wrong missy we're moving on <laughs> ask if we recommend it at least man i can't Can you recommend the wrong missy chris and corbin I don't know, Chris. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a masterpiece. It's the right Missy in my heart. It's so bad that midway through the movie, my power went out because my TV was like, I'm fucking done with this shit. <laughs> Even your internet <laughs> provider is like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, Shaw's just like, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> Who hacked your Netflix, you motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> how many people are using your one account <laughs> all right brandon you're next okay uh i am going to now talk about something that you guys suggested i watch earlier today uh what did jack do Yay! Yeah. which was fucking fantastic it is all right who wants to explain it uh i'm not going to explain david lynch stuff chris i think you should explain david lynch yeah <laughs> Was that really a fucking question? (laughs) Go off, King. All right. So, in what did Jack do? David Lynch. (laughs) I had no idea what was going on for the first like five minutes of that. By the way, I was like, "What is happening?" Actually, actually, that should just be the plot right there. In what did Jack do? David Lynch. There you go. So, and what did you think of (laughs) what did Jack do? Um, No. Um. So, in in what did Jack do? David Lynch interrogates a talking monkey that's voiced by david lynch it's credited as jack cruz but that sounds like david lynch that sounds like fucking david lynch yeah and he's interrogating him over the murder of a chicken oh a chicken yep <laughs> this movie's fucking awesome <laughs> it's, it's a musical number. minutes you forgot oh my god number. it's yeah. so good <laughs> brandon this is your first david lynch thing right i think so <laughs> What'd you think? I, I, okay, so here's here's the thing, right? I was watching this and I was like, okay, I have no idea what to expect. And then I saw the mouth of the monkey. 
<laughs> Super and I was like, onto the monkey. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, so his, this is where this is gonna go. And then they just start. At first, I thought it was just them just saying random like lines from like movies of like like previous movies because <laughs> they were just saying like randoms, just the most random stuff. You know what? I can so, see that. And I was just like, oh god! And then it developed a plot about halfway through. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." So he's he's having an an affair with a chicken, and it's it's wrong because he's a monkey. I guess it's an allegory for something. Uh, <laughs> but doesn't it rule though? It's so good, dude. I had such a good time watching this. That's <laughs> just like so good. <laughs> Best seventeen minutes of my life. <laughs> um oh. I Corbin, you saw it, right? I saw it the first day it was released. <laughs> I, uh, I I I haven't watched it since. I don't have I I don't have an opinion on it cuz I I could not ex- I forgot about the whole chicken part honestly. All I know is that there's a monkey named Jack and David Lynch is in it. So uh, <laughs> that's all you really need to know. That's all you really need to know for this amazing film. Yeah, no, there's a talking monkey and David Lynch is in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. It's a perfect work of art. Um, what the fuck was the chicken's name? Tutanabon. Tutanabon. What a name. <laughs> Tut- no, Tutanabon. My love. Tutanabon. My love. <laughs> Get him, boys. <laughs> you can go to hell. You can go to hell. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's what um, every time David Lynch asked my question, he's like, fuck you. <laughs> okay. I've I got to say, been though, right? associating with farm birds. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry. I, you were there last night. You know what? You know what the most fucked up thing about what did Jack do is what? So I'm the resident David Lynch expert on the program. Mm-hmm. Yes. Stefan watched it before I did. Yep. That that's it. That's the most Feel fucked up shame. thing. It took me. It took me what a month and a half to get around to it. Something like that. It rules. <laughs> it's so, so good. good. Okay, so we all recommend what did Jack do? Yes. Dude, it's and, it's um, like it's like a YouTube clip. It's a seventeen minute piece of art that is fantastic. Yeah, if you, if you have Netflix, you don't really have an excuse not to watch it. Yeah, like if you have Netflix, go watch it. It's fucking great. Um, if you have cool. Netflix in Canada, they just put a few David Lynch movies on there, so you can watch Eraserhead, Lost Highway, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk with Me. But you should watch the original Twin Peaks series first before you watch Fire Walk with Me. Or it's oh really yeah, if you watch sense. if you watch. If you watch Fire Walk with me before the series, like, God bless you, but you're a fucking moron. Well, here, here's, here's Chris's daily plug of, hey, watch Twin Peaks because it's awesome. <laughs> Welcome to the first um, two years of me knowing him. Yeah. Um, Pretty sure that was the first thing Chris ever recommended to me was, no, sorry. No, my bad. It was Army of Darkness first and then Twin Peaks. Uh, my turn. Uh, I want to talk about Colorado Space. Yay! It you saw it, right? Yep. Good. Color out of space. Okay, so it's uh Richard Stanley's the director, right? Uh yeah. what, what what it's his first movie in a long time, right? I'm not up to up, I'm not up to my old poor movie knowledge, but it's his first movie in a while, <laughs> right? This is this is Richard Stanley's first time directing a narrative feature since he tried to adapt the island of Dr. Moreau. Right. That got taken away from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and it's based on the HP Lovecraft short story. Yep. 
Uh, and color. stars Nicholas fucking Cage. Yep, it's born out of a story that's based on the fact that H.P. Lovecraft doesn't understand how <laughs> colors work. Um, but yeah, it stars Nicholas Cage and his family, who are the gardeners, who they move to a rural town in I forget where, and farm alpacas because he's had like a midlife crisis or something. And <laughs> this movie is gorgeous. <laughs> this movie slaps so hard. It lives up to its title of color. Uh, and <laughs> like especially like near the very end like when like the colors do kind of like my bro- my brother and i watched it and when like you can see like a kind of a glint of color in the water as they pour out tap water and mm-hmm. like that like set us both on edge <laughs> yeah i i don't know i'm quite, i'm kind of all over the place on it but what what did uh corbin what did you think yeah corbin what'd you think um i don't know too much about lovecraft but i i thought it was like and like perfect Gonzo Nick Cage Rage Cage Fuck performance yes. inside yeah, like Nick a, Rage <laughs> in, inside like a violent haze like hallucinogenic nightmare. The only thing you yeah. should know about H.P. Lovecraft, by the way, is his cat's name. Don't don't say it. Don't do not fucking say that. You know I won't fucking say it. Just Google it. I'm Googling it. Don't say it out loud. Okay. Just Google it. Okay. Don't say it out loud. I beg of you, do you not know, say it out loud. You know I, you know I fucking won't, Jack. I'm not talking to you. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's his fucking name? Yep. H.P. Lovecraft uh, had a negative oh, opinion on <laughs> H.P. Oh, Lovecraft had a negative opinion on anybody that wasn't some sickly wasp. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put that lightly. But basically anything, any Lovecraftian work that comes after Lovecraft is almost guaranteed to be a million times less racist than anything Lovecraft wrote. <laughs> this is a good case of that. Although I think this was more a case of him just being scared of anything different. The less time we dwell on that, the better. But Nicolas Cage rules in this movie. Nicolas um, Cage is exceptional. It, like this. Okay. Like this and Mandy are almost like this oh, strange, yeah. perfect double feature of like gorgeously Mandy? shot and gorgeous. Mandy is another Nick Cage horror movie, but this like gorgeously shot over-the-top, Grindhouse-esque movies produced by Elijah Wood, too. Tommy Chong is also in this movie, and he's really entertaining. Oh, yeah, right. Tommy Chong of That 70s Show fame. Fucking Tommy <laughs> Chong in That in that 70s Show. You get out of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think we've hit a wall with Color Out of Space, but I yeah. will recommend it. Full-heartedly. Uh, Corbin, do, do you recommend Color Out of Space? I don't think we got you. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Corbin, your turn. Okay. Um, the Gentleman. Oh, boy. I, why okay. did I think you were going to pick that? Okay, that's a you and me one. Mm-hmm. Oh, they haven't. I don't think they watched it. Did you guys no, watch I The was, Gentleman? No. I was considering watching it, but I ran out of time. Which one was, which one is this again? That's like uh, the new Gentleman, Guy Ritchie movie. Guy Ritchie. Yeah, the new Guy Ritchie film. His follow-up to Aladdin 2019, our sequel decay worst of the year. Yeah, that's true. It's got the illustrious honor of being just absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's an accurate descriptor, I think. Anyway, tell us about The Gentleman. All right, so The Gentleman is basically Guy Ritchie kind of returning to, I guess, his quote-unquote form 
with him doing something more in vein of like lock stock and two smoking barrels and snatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the most Guy Ritchie movie. It's a very Guy Ritchie movie. Um, a very it, Guy Ritchie Christmas. <laughs> I wait, see that movie. I, I guess the short version of it for me is like, if you're not into Guy Ritchie, I don't see any fucking point in you seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like Guy Ritchie enough, you'll probably get a kick out of it. I thought it was fun for what it was, but it's not something I'd go back and watch again. You, Corbin, did you watch it again? No, no, I wouldn't. It's it's just Guy Ritchie pretty much masturbating on the camera, showing what <sighs> Guy Ritchie, everything Guy Ritchie does. And there's so many kind of like backhand, offhand racism yes. in the movie, too. Yes. Mm, I said that way too enthusiastically, but I meant that more in like a, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. It, it just felt like a mean-spirited movie. If Yeah, like it, it feels... The thing with Guy Ritchie movies of the past is that I don't think what Guy Ritchie did in the past can be replicated now, and I think the gentleman kind of proves that. Because mm-hmm. I think Guy Ritchie's early works have always been kind of like these... Cockney, cruel spirited. Yeah. Like, you know, just over the top gonzo films that, like, I had fun with parts of The Gentleman and, like, most of it I did enjoy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the stuff that you mentioned, like, there's a lot of, like, offhand racism in the movie and it's just very. It's like, honestly, I think it's it's for people who really, really, really like Guy Ritchie. Mm-hmm. If you don't like Guy Ritchie, there's no point in you watching it. It was fine. Probably the best thing to come out of January, though. Yeah, I I agree. I didn't think it was bad. I I loved Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant it. is so fucking good. <laughs> Him and Colin Farrell. Yep. Um, I feel like I'm missing someone else, but I know there was someone else in that movie I was like madly in love with. Jeremy Jeremy Irons was great in it too. Main villain. Oh yeah. From Succession, Jeremy Irons. He he was great, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend it unless you like Guy Ritchie. Yeah, like that's basically the best we can do. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, Chris, you are up. Oh boy! You know what? Fuck it, Stefan. We're gonna talk about Come to Daddy. Yay! I love this movie. That movie's fucking great. Uh, Speaking of Elijah Wood, uh, so uh, I'll give the quick plot summary without ruining anything. Mm -hmm. Elijah Wood visits his estranged dad. Shit goes down, hilarity ensues. That's all you need to know. Pretty much. Go watch it. It's great. Go watch Elijah it. Wood is, Elijah Wood is such a good actor. Like, yeah. Elijah Wood, like, my favorite thing about him, I was going to mention this when we were talking about Colorado Space, but I thought I'd save it till now. My favorite thing about him is that as soon as Lord of the Rings ended, he basically just dove headfirst into genre films. Yep. And he's just been making a name for himself that way. Like, if you haven't seen the remake of Maniac that came out, like, seven or eight years ago it's so fucking good it's like it's all shot from the first person it's basically about this dude that like scalps women and uses the scalps to make wigs for his mannequins it's charming wow okay did you guys like him in uh was it maybe the last witch hunter with vin diesel i didn't did watch see that <laughs> really yeah well, he's in that he uh he plays the bad guy i might watch it for him <laughs> <laughs> he's not in a lot of it to be honest but he's a he is a main, one of the main characters yeah he oh, rules God. in this so uh steven mccaddy is kind of fucking hilarious in it too steven uh, yeah steven mccaddy's great i don't want to go into plot details but i yeah really that's the thing the 
yeah like, go go watch it yeah it's it's, it's not a man it's like an hour and a half if you have a library card like it's on hoopla if your library is affiliated with hoopla like edmonton's is hoopla. so it's it's free and that it's free if you have that so yeah just fucking watch it do it do it insert so, so much fun hands. it is very weird but it's totally it's totally worth it mm-hmm. uh okay uh brandon you're up you know you, you guys know what time it is tiger king time it's tiger king time boys fuck okay I'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna go have a smoke you guys have fun <laughs> okay so i'm pretty sure me and corbin are the only ones who watched the entire series because you've seen the whole thing right corbin yeah yeah i did what did you think <laughs> Um, every person on that fucking show is horrible except for like one or two people they're all horrible horrible people like i I watched the whole thing but by episode four i was getting sick of it i just oh dude because i was invested in yeah same dude it it took me like honestly i think two two and a half weeks to finish the entire thing just because it was so hard to watch like they literally have a guy who is the uh, epitome or like what is it? Apparently, the motivation behind Scarface. Oh yeah, the, the, that guy was probably the most like humanized character in the documentary. Even he though he said, he recounts in a, a time yeah. where he st- stood and watched some guy chop an FBI agent's head off with him. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and that guy seemed like the nicest guy on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the fuck thing? Know. The serial killer. Yeah. Or the, yeah. the Scarface esque person is the nicest guy on that show. Yeah, <laughs> which is horrible. Just like Stefan, you said you were gonna like you were debating watching it, but that you didn't know about any, like the animal cruelty stuff, right? So yeah, I really hate watching a lot of animal cruelty, which is like, and there probably was, one of the reasons why I didn't I didn't watch a lot of horror movies until well, recently. Yeah, same. Well, and like, like there's I'm not like there's not like any like hugely over, like overly graphic animal violence but like you definitely hear about it like there's there was one uh the joel the joel McHale episode that came out after the first seven mm-hmm. uh they do interviews with all the cast and one of the cast was saying how one day this lady with her like really sick horse or came and brought the horse to joe and said hey can you take care oh, of yeah. this can, uh, can yeah, you I know, I know give him a good life you know i can't take care of him anymore and joe's like joe's like yeah for sure we'll take care of him don't you worry about it and then as soon as the lady fucking leaves just takes out his fucking pistol and shoots the horse in the head like yeah instantly yeah. he's just like oh we don't take care of 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 garbage here or some stupid fucking hick line like that it's just like jesus christ Honestly, like, I don't think I would gain anything from watching that. Like, I, I get that it's kind of like watching a car crash in slow motion. What's well, yeah, it's, like, it's like a train wreck. it that way. But like, that's never personally appealed to me. So oh, yeah. if that, if that's the only appeal to it, I can't really see myself ever watching it. Well, I, th- I think the biggest like reason people like got so addicted to it is because people just couldn't believe that these people actually existed. Like, take mm-hmm. Doc Antle for example, who was fucking mm-hmm. a polygamist. <laughs> who runs a cult and euthanizes cubs if they're like outlive their usefulness i'm assuming yeah all these people sound fucking awful they're all they're all just horrible and like i would not recommend it for you no no oh no anybody anybody any kind of animal rights activist kind of shit like that like no i i think the filmmakers stumbled upon like this insane story so they knew they had to do something with it but the way it ended i i don't think everything like came together as well no as the filmmakers thought it did no of course not 
Well, like it started out being about the tigers and like the battle between animal rights activists, Carol Baskin and shit like that. Right. And then it just turned into, oh, okay. Why did Carol kill her husband? It's like, oh, okay. And that whole story is fucked up. And then it turned into, okay, well, Joe is about to try and kill somebody. No. Yeah. The whole show is pretty much who can be the most worst human being. (laughs) I think I actually read an article the other day, actually, I think saying that the Joe Zoo actually has gone over to, to Carol now. Or like they oh. like they get their Carol was given it, like they want oh, they want. Really? Uh, I think I think so because like she technically it wasn't Joe who owned the zoo; it was his like his mother or grandmother or something like that, right? Oh, it was one of his relatives, and so technically it was owned by her and uh, what's the guy's name, Jeff Lowe. I think the reason why it was such a big like phenomenon was because it came out at the perfect time. Oh, like everyone's inside. Yeah. Well, I was I come hearing things of like this is like the 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 most popular documentary ever ever created and stuff like that. Like, had people say it was the best documentary, and I was like, it's not the best documentary. No, <laughs> I guarantee it's, it's not the it's, best documentary. It's, it's, it's nowhere near. near. There's actually a great video from Quentin Reviews that talks about Tiger King that I'd highly recommend. Because mm-hmm. I got two episodes in and then I stopped because I just couldn't handle the arrogance and stupidity of everybody yeah well and that's, so, it's not even just that like they literally have a you literally have someone on the show one of joe's husbands you like you don't see him kill himself but you hear the shot oh yeah it, it shows he's hit he's hit he's, like he's, a live reaction yeah i watch yeah he's he's hidden behind the 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 bookcase or whatever and you see the reaction of his friend who's just sitting there talking to him and he's like oh it's not loaded see look boom yeah this is not for me do you guys recommend it <laughs> no no, no. Okay. Well, as opposed was, to fucking six months ago, everyone's like, yeah, what's Tiger King? <laughs> it wasn't six It's great. Ago. Or whatever the fucking time. It should have been it six months ago. It feels like six months ago. <laughs> Quarantine's a real bitch. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Uh, but yeah, every no, fuck, year. Fuck, fuck Tiger King. It sucks. I hate All it. Right. My go. Uh, I want to talk about driveways real quick. Um, okay. So Driveways might be my favorite movie so far this year. It's either that or Color Out of Space, I think. It was pretty unheralded, I think. It's by somebody. It's directed by Anthony Ahn, who I think has only directed one indie movie before. And it stars uh, Hong Chao and Brian Dennehy. Uh, I think this is this is one of his last roles before he died. Um, and Hong Chao plays a woman who takes her uh, her son to her sister's place in uh Mich- I think Michigan and to clear it out after she died because her sister was a hoarder so it, they actually need to like stay there for a while and like clean it out and uh th- her son kind of develops a, a, fr- a friendship with Brian Dennehy who's who's their neighbor and it's this kind of really quiet it's a short movie and it's this really quiet kind of touching movie about basically death essentially or rather grieving and you know remembering remembering those who have passed and but it's juxtaposed it's the it also has this kind of juxtaposition between uh brian dennehy and uh hong chow's son who's played by uh uh lucas J. and everybody's great in the movie like hong chow is fucking brilliant like i uh we we just talked about her in uh the watchmen episode because she played um lady true in the tv series and before that she was in downsizing which i heard was bad yeah i I can confirm downsizing is terrible and i love alexander Payne. so yeah 
but it's she's the best part about um she's the best part about the movie okay well that i'll i'll take that um but yeah she rules in the movie brian dennehy is fucking great like a lot uh, like there there's parts of this movie that like came very close to like just they, they made me pr- they made me pretty emotional like especially anything related to related to brian dennehy uh but yeah i highly recommend it it is also on hoopla if uh you're if you have access to that so i would recommend it it's only like an hour and 23 minutes it doesn't sound like it got a lot of attention because i think it just came out in at the berlin international film festival and then tribeca and then kind of went under the radar so if you if you if you're interested like i highly recommend it yeah corbin you're up next did you guys see the the lovebirds i did i did not I thought it was like good. It was it was good. It was, it was a good movie. Um, probably one of the smartest decisions they made was just putting it straight to Netflix. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, it's something I would have gone to a theater. That's to what I was going to say. It's like the perfect like stay at home, casual, yeah. chill Netflix movie. Yeah, I I binged a lot of movies over the last weekend, and you know, one of them was Sonic. Another one was The Lovebirds, and it just kind of felt like this perfect weekend of like, oh, it's a rainy Saturday. I'm going to watch you know this movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? This was fine. Like, this isn't something I would race to a theater to go see, but it's on Netflix. It's it's really cute. It's super fun. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani yeah, is great. Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae. The, their chemistry is so good. I need to watch Insecure, and I, I think the show, or sorry, not the show. Uh, the the show, the movie, <laughs> really, really makes me want to watch it because I really liked Issa Rae in this. Mm-hmm. She, she was hilarious. She's so fucking funny. Holy shit. Um, and their chemistry together, like you said, is just really, really, really wonderful. Um, I think one of my favorite parts about it is that the movie really, like, as accurately as a crappy Hollywood rom-com kind of can, um, depict what a, you know, like a relationship falling apart would look like. I, I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And, um, the director, I think his name is Michael My- Showalter. Yes. He directed the big short or not the big short, the big sick. Yeah. The big sick. He he really knows how relationships work. Oh, absolutely! And, like the intricacies with them. Yeah, there's there's a lot of heart and humanity in both of those films. I like The Big Sick more. Yeah, yeah, but so do I. I I think The Lovebirds is like just a nice little rom com that really pleasantly surprised me. Mm-hmm. People didn't like the Eyes Wide Shut sequence. I thought, that was I, I thought it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there, it's there's just, a. There's... It's just dumb. Who didn't like it? Film Twitter. <laughs> Oh, film Twitter did not like it. Because we take our opinions from <laughs> <Surprise>. film Twitter. <laughs> surprise, film surprise. Twitter the orgy on stage. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> Fucking yeah, excuse a, me? There's, an, there's a scene where Kumail yeah. Nanjiani and Issa Rae go to this like weird cult meeting and a bunch of people get summoned to the stage and they all just start fucking. And it's just... I should watch this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> same. I think I might watch this. It's a fun movie. Yeah, no, Oh, like I mean, that aside, it's a super fun movie. Like even that scene's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's real, there's some really great lines. It's the like I said, the performances are really good. The chemistry's great. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice little movie. Mm-hmm. Well, very nice. Made me smile. Uh, recommend it. Yep. No. Made me happy watching it. I recommend it too. Yeah. Okay, uh, Chris. I believe you're up next. <sighs> okay. Um. Okay, if I don't bring it up now, I know you're going to bring it up. So, Stefan, earlier I mentioned that there was another movie that I'm kind of rivaling for my favorite of the year so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. That would be Gretel and Hansel. 
Oh, fuck. It's so good. So another fun story. Is this the one where with fucking uh, Jeremy Renner? No, no, no this isn't no, Hansel no, no, and Gretel no. Witch Hunters. That came out years ago and is also awful. Hey, hey, shut the fuck that's up. What I was, actually, that's what I was saying. I was like, you thought that was good, Chris? Fuck me. No, okay. No, actually, I'm a huge fan of Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Fuck off. Oh, my God, why, though? It's a shut up. Let me have my guilty pleasures. <laughs> Let me have this. No, it's fine. No. Um, all right. Chris, so, talk about Gretel and Hansel. All right, so Gretel and Hansel is um, a movie directed by Oz Perkins and uh, stars, um, I think it's Sophia Lillis. She was in um, yeah, all the movies. In, yeah, she was. Uh, I, I, I forget. I forget her character's name. The girl in the Beverly. Movies. Yeah, Bev. Um, oh, yeah. And basically, Han, uh, Gretel and Hansel is a really short action. It's like 87 minutes long, but it's a dark atmospheric really creepy kind of surreal and at points super grotesque take on Hansel and Gretel Mm -hmm. and I fucking loved every second of it yeah like I've never I've never like immediately recommended a movie just to fans so hard and so quickly in my life (laughs) oh it was right up my alley Uh, oh yeah it's got it's got like a lot of kind of beautiful scenery to it to oh yeah to contrast with the really grotesque shit near the end um Uh, there's some there's some points that really reminded me of like a terrence malick movie especially with like a lot of the gorgeous cinematography with the uh voiceover narration mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes uh sophia lillis is great in it but i also really like uh the woman who plays the witch i'm gonna have to look up her name uh she's a i know she's a south african actress um Alice Craig. Yeah, uh, she's fantastic. She's, oh, she's fucking wonderful. There's a lot of uh, commentary, like a lot of the commentary there is based on like kind of the concept of, I don't know, you, you can't give anything without having to, you can't get anything without having to give something in return. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's a lot of kind of commentary, potential commentary on, uh, I picked up some like subtle environmental themes there. Uh, and references. I, I thought there was kind of like a kind of a hint of uh, commentary. On, well, the, actually, no, that's not really a hint. It's very much on the. It's very much in the forefront. But there's a lot of uh, comments on like um, uh, the status of women. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was gonna say that's like the no. big big theme of the movie. Yeah, and how because uh, a lot of that is like the the witch trying to you know, quote unquote, empower uh, Sophia Lillis, but it's done by basically turning yourself into a monster. Mm-hmm. So I guess in that sense, there's there's something there's a point to be analyzed there about how like empowering people is good, especially like people who have been traditionally shit upon, but not so much if you're like only empowering them so that they can in turn fuck over others. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a great movie. It's a very short too. It 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 did make back its budget, I think. So I think I think I think it did well enough. Yeah, um, like but it, it, did... it it just kind of came out in January, and then it came out on video, and I remember I'm like, oh shit, I actually kind of wanted to watch that. Yeah, and then I, w- I just I w- threw it on, and within ten minutes, I was texting fan like, you need to watch this as soon as you can. Yeah, I I saw like the poster for it, like the poster where with um Alice Craig like pulling the the children's hair out of her mouth. And, yeah, uh, that's the Blu-ray cover too. Yeah, and I thought this isn't really something I'm into. And then you texted me like, "Yeah, you need to watch this." And I just looked at the theatrical poster where it's just like the the pyramid house. It's not a candy. Uh, it's yeah. not a candy house in this. It's like an actual house. 
And I'm like, okay, yeah, this actually looks like something I'd be into. And I was very into it and I would highly recommend it. Oh, so, so would I like it's, if it's not my favorite movie of the year, it's definitely my second favorite movie of the year. I love it so much. Mm. And I also, I can't believe I'm saying this. I, I, I did actually kind of like Hansel and Gretel witch hunters. So watch that too. It's really fun. If you just <laughs> kind of shut your brain off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Here Fair comes enough. Brandon to judge me. Oh, you know it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> judge me harder, baby. Is this on like Hoopla or anything? Uh, you can rent it on iTunes or um, yeah. YouTube. Unfortunately, I don't okay. think there's like a streaming option. Well, I mean like a non-paid streaming option. Brandon, I'm going to pick her up. Yeah, I'm going to pick the only movie I that is left on this list that I have actually seen. <laughs> and okay. uh, speak, speaking of movies that you recommend to Stefan right away, uh, The Platform. Ooh, The Platform's good. The Platform is a fantastic dystopian thriller. Yeah, uh, and um, really touches on themes of like classism, social hierarchies, oh, yeah. all that kind of good stuff. You know, survival instincts, like what you're willing to do depending on what level you are. It's it's so fucking good. Oh yeah, like it, it's it carries the theme from last year of like movies like Parasite and I've yes. sort of like being very clearly about class. Yes, uh, and it it it's not a subtle metaphor, but it no. goddamn does it work. Uh, it's, it's a lot more gruesome than I, than I expected going in. Like, um, yeah, spoiler alert, not really a spoiler. There is cannibalism. Yes. Uh, it's awesome. very, Mul- multiple it's times very... actually. Man, yeah. I the fuck up. Dude. <laughs> yeah. It's very grotesque. Someone, someone's face gets shat on. Uh, <laughs> it's, it a, it, it's, it, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Tom Hardy just bursts in like all syphilitic, like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just, I just think it's so cool because like the, one of the, a huge like I think like when it was during the trailer or something like that like one of the lines is like there are only three kinds of people those above those below and those you're with yeah or something like along those lines and it's just it's very surreal when you kind of think of like if you think about society in that in that way right like yeah. the one the one percent versus those who are in poverty or you know mm-hmm. stuff like that right because the people who you're living with like your family that's they're all going to be in the same kind of level as you but like the one percent is going to be up and higher and treating you like shit mm-hmm. lower uh, class you know people who don't have homes or stuff like that they're going to be a little bit more uh radical in terms of what they're willing to do to survive yep um uh, it's very very blast you right in the face with this metaphor so it's not yeah, subtle yeah. at all but I, I do like that instead of kind of going the easy and cheap route of saying like, oh, and this is why all humanity is bad and evil. Yes. Uh, they they make it very clear that like it's the fact that they're in this situation themselves, that they're in this kind of sci-fi prison. The fact that they're partic- that they're that they have to be within the, the system uh, itself well, that like yeah. is the fact that's making them act this way. It's well, not yeah. anything intrinsic about people being being savage or anything. It's the fact that they're they they're forced to partake mm-hmm. in the system well then as well as like they, you have obviously like your criminals and stuff in in this place because well, technically it is a prison but you also have people like our main character uh mm-hmm. Seng, i think is his name what's his name uh, uh goreng, goreng sorry goreng is his goreng. name uh yeah. he voluntarily goes into this prison to get like a degree or something like you you say if you say a year in in, in this in this place you get mm-hmm. a better life when you come out so it's like Mm. It's really twisted because it's like, oh yeah, this this place is so fucked up, but you put yourself in the situation yourself because you volunteered to come here, so it's actually your fault. Uh, speaking of Gorang, I really like his actor. He's um, mm. hold on, I want to make sure I know where, where he's from. He's uh, he's Spanish. His name's Ivan Masage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's really good in it, and like the rest of the cast is good. Like uh, Zorian Aguilar as like the old guy who we want yes. first. 
Antonia San Antonia San Juan is the woman he meets later, and yeah. Emilio Boalecoca, who is the guy he meets near the very end. Like yeah. they're they're all very they're all very good. I think that they're all actors based out of Spain. So if you want to get yeah. acquainted with them, I highly recommend. Well, the good thing too, like the ending was actually a, a big. Part. Can you guys shut the fuck up over there? <laughs> What's going on? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I can hear you. Hey, what's going on over there, guys? Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. We were, we were cracking. We um, were cracking yeah. our necks and giving ourselves a little bit of a break, and then I got really busy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, sorry. So like the, like the end of this movie is. is fuck off, Chris. <laughs> um, it's not like the whole situation isn't really solved at the end of this film. Like, like you, eventually you get to the spoiler alert, I guess, by the way, you find out that there's this woman who f- follows the lift of food down all the way, looking for a, a child that she apparently has had, even though everyone claims there's no children in here. That's unethical, all that kind of stuff. Right. And then you get towards the end of the movie and you, you find this kid and it's either on the, like the literal last level possible mm-hmm. and no one's there. And she's like, Holy God, a kid has survived down here, but, and the, that kid is like, okay, we need to send her back up to the surface. She's going to be the message. She's going to be like, this is not that inhumane and kind of stuff like that. And the last yeah. scene of the film is her on this platform, shoot, like shooting like a rocket back up into the upper levels and it ends, cuts to black. And so you never really, the- you never really get the full like, oh, well, what happened? Like, what do they think? It's, it's like, kind of like, it's kind of like how it is now. Like, there's no way for us to see, okay, this is how it's going to work out regardless. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You kind of have to take things as they are. I, I like movies like this that like just kick you in the face with misery the whole time. And then they yes. end on like a definitive silver lining, even yes. if it's not like not a definitive silver lining, but a silver lining nonetheless. Uh, over on last note, the director, because we should shout him out, is Galder Gastelu Rutia. A hmm. uh, very Basque name. Uh, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend the platform. And it yes. sounds like you do too, Brandon. Yes, 100%. Um, very, very good. I, okay. I feel I feel like it would make a really good double feature with Snowpiercer. It Ooh, would, you know, word. It, it it's like it would make such a good double feature. With you know what? Movie. I'm down to do that. Like I would, I wouldn't mind having like a full episode on those two. So that's not a bad idea, actually, because like obviously they're not sequels or anything, but they're so thematically similar that yes. like, you could cool. easily do a double feature. Stefan, you're up. I am up. Uh, all right. What do I want to do? Um, Twenty bucks says the lodge. Do you want me to do the lodge? I don't care what you do. I just put <laughs> money down on it just to see if you would do it. Twenty bucks is a Bavarian. That's not where I was. That's not where I was leaning. Uh, but I don't. I don't know if you're gonna. Well, where were you leaning? <laughs> I was gonna say Bavarian. Yeah. Ooh, I'm okay with that too. Uh, how about I say the Lodge and you do Bavarian? If, if well, actually no, I'll just say, I'll just say Bavarian, and if you want, you can say the Lodge because I'd rather talk about Bavarian. Yeah, I'd rather talk about Bavarian. Uh, but Bavarian oh, is. Bad. I won. <laughs> Give me my twenty bucks, uh, bitch. Eat my ass. <laughs> Um, Vivarium is really cool. It's a sci-fi thriller starring uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots, uh, who uh, and they're like a young couple who's trying to buy a home, and they wind up trapped in this like suburban hellscape that is a just miles of like an endless, an endless amount of empty houses, empty suburban mm-hmm. houses, and they can't escape from the neighborhood, so they just stay in their house and. After they stay in that house for a while, they're left with uh, with this what looks like a human baby, and they're supposed to raise it. And holy shit, this movie's good. To me, like it, like it felt like a Twilight Zone episode that was yes. centered around how unstable the nuclear family is today. Uh huh. 
yeah definitely um i also like there's also definitely some commentary there about maybe not necessarily capitalism but maybe how alienated families are are feeling nowadays mm-hmm. uh, and how like it's start, they're starting to feel less like families and more like you know competing rivals or imposters like the, the imposter thing is very hit upon what with all the cuckoo metaphors mm-hmm. uh the cuckoo bird i mean um you know the ones that like uh lay their eggs in other birds nests and have and their babies like push the other eggs out so that the yeah. other birds like feed yeah th- those ones a uh, lot of metaphors to that like it's not subtle at all about it and uh, jesse eisenberg and imogen poots are fucking great in it um, oh, absolutely. as expected um but yeah uh it's also on hoopla. it is also on hoopla it is uh free to watch if you have access to hoopla so i would highly recommend it oh i guess i guess we should say that the the the, the platform is on netflix Oh yeah, the yes. platform is also on Netflix. Uh, if you have Netflix, it's right it's an, there. It's a Netflix original, I think. Actually, I think so too. Yeah, I think it's a Netflix original. Yep. No, you pretty much hit all the points. Like it's it's such a it's such a good little movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really sad that I didn't hear about it until the Red Letter Media episode about it. Yeah, but it, it really piqued my interest. It's like okay, I, I kind of want to see where this goes. Um, I disagree with Mike and Jay when they said that it feels too long. I feel like it flowed at a really good pace oh no it's like an hour and a half like it's fine yeah. for that length like it's a solid hour and a half and i think what really what really makes it work like yeah it's a slow burn but i think it almost shows just how excruciating this entire process is for the both of them and how yeah. you feel like time is really slipping away mm-hmm. yeah like it's it's kind of this weird like because like 90 minutes isn't a very long period of time which is why you feel that time slipping away but at the same time it because of the slow burn it does it does make it more like you do start to feel the pain that this couple's going through Mm -hmm. um it also gave me a lot of eraserhead vibes you know that's my third david lynch reference today at least god damn (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no vivarium absolutely rules and if you can i would definitely check it out Mm -hmm. uh and please do because it kind of went under the radar um yeah I recommended it to Stefan. Yes, yes, and it debuted at Cannes, actually. Yes, so. it did. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a it's a good one. Um, Corbin, um, I'll talk about Emma. Okay. Oh, I actually oh, really I, wanted to watch that. Yeah, the only reason I haven't watched that was because I want to watch that with my girlfriend because she's big into Jane Austen. But uh, okay. Oh, oh yeah. you you think your girlfriend's big into <laughs> Jane Austen? You should see how pot, how much I love Jane Austen. I love Jane Austen <laughs> dude, too, bro. Dude, yeah. Northanger Abbey fucking slaps. I I didn't say I didn't like Jane Austen either. I just said there are people who are bigger into Jane Austen. Jane Austen slaps. Have you read Northanger Abbey? No. I'm oh, sure. it's so fucking good. It's this really dope ass satire on gothic fic on gothic romantic fiction Mm. it's such a good book i read it for an 18th century literature class in uni oh nice yeah nice emma is kind of like the quintessential modern jane austen adaptation oh good Mm -hmm. so uh anya is it anya or anna Anna i think it's anya anya i I think it's anya or anya yeah anya anya she was in split this is this is yeah. the Oprah Uma moment of yeah. podcast. <laughs> and only I get that joke. So our Anya Taylor Joy, she plays the titular Emma. So 
Emma, her deal is that she loves meddling in other people's love affairs. Yeah. She's yeah. trying to like ship everyone, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make this modern for all those teenagers yeah. to listen to the show. She's trying I already to ship love everyone. Use the hip slang. <laughs> I ship and it. because it's a Jane Austen movie at the end, of course, she gets with the guy. But what, what happens in the middle is the best. At one point, Emma tries to get her license to drive carriages, and she fails her driver's test trying to drive these carriages. And the cinematography is just so luscious, especially in 4K. It would look great on your 4K TV, by the way. Oh, thanks, Corbin. <laughs> just so everyone knows, because it's a 4K TV. <laughs> <laughs> that he only paid $150 for. <sighs> That's cheap. That is cheap. But yeah, the it's cinematography is just absolutely gorgeous. It It's kind of like, if, if I were to describe it, it would be kind of like uh, Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. Like, I've, I've, I've read Emma before, mm-hmm. so yeah. It's kind of like that updated Jane Austen script fit for modern times that like, yeah. and, and anybody can relate to. Mm-hmm. Like, even like, if you don't like Jane Austen, I think there's something for everyone in Emma. Yeah, I, I really wanted to watch it. It's just theaters shut down and then I never got around to watching it. And, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, fuck, I really need to watch it. Mm-hmm. I No, I, I highly recommend it. It's in my top five of the year so far. Oh, nice. Anya Taylor-Joy yeah, probably gives I, I a top five performance it. too. I like Anya Taylor-Joy. I think she's really good. Mm-hmm. Really good she's, so, like, she's so witty and clever in the movie. Um, I recommend it. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, Chris, I believe you have the last uh, pick. I get last pick? All right. Mm-hmm. Um, Corbin, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon, if I were you, I'd deafen your Discord. Corbin, go out for a vape. Oh, no. We're going to talk about the lodge. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of shit, and uh, like, we're like just... we 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 can't talk about the lodge without spoiling it. Oh, it's yeah. right. It's, it's one of those. Oh, okay. oh, so it's so, one of those. I should leave the room. Okay, I did want to watch it just to get around to it. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. go have the lodge. It is it is on Hoopla if you want to watch it. Yeah, it's on Hoopla. Okay, so what did you think? I never got like your overall thoughts on the movie, but <laughs> I know I know what you think about like a certain part of it. Uh, spoilers, by the way, we're gonna fucking spoil the shit out of this. Yeah, movie. we are spoiling uh, the shit out of the lodge. Yeah, um, so, uh, but let's uh, let's give a recommendation first. Actually, you first. Um, I'm going to say middle of the road, and this is coming from someone who liked ninety percent of the movie up until a certain point. Yeah, and I think it's because of how they handle that twist. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to recommend it, but I'm basically at the same boat as you. Yeah, like for me, it would be like a hard middle of the road or a, a light recommendation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just be. It's a fucking cruel movie. It's it's like it's the same directors who did Goodnight Mommy, a movie I actually haven't seen. Yeah, I've heard that it's dark as shit, so I'm not necessarily surprised that this ended up being as cruel as it as it did. Yeah, I'm Uh, not that shocked either. I know people that either love that movie or hate that movie. Riley Keough is fantastic in this. Uh, Oh, she's fucking great. Uh, We loved her in Under the Silver Lake last year. Yes, which you should check out if you haven't. And I know you haven't. So check it out. Yeah, Uh, it's great. Jaden Martell is also really it's it's like like it's kind of hard to know where to stop but where to start but uh like let's just yeah let's I, quickly go down the performances 
Yeah. Um, I, the, I don't know what the girl's name is, but she's also really good. Um, between Jane Martell and the girl, they've got some pretty good young actors. Yeah. Uh, Richard Armitage is in, a, in it for that long, but he's pretty good. Uh, and Alicia, Alicia Silverstone. It's fucking yeah. great. She's in yeah, it for she, five minutes. And she's fucking and great. She, and she's great. Um, and then, and I do repeat, there are spoilers. And then like that image of her, like smoothly pouring herself a glass of wine, putting it on the table, pondering it for a minute, and then smoothly reaching into her purse and shooting herself in the head. It's yep. probably burnt into my brain forever. Um, basically the lesson you should be getting from this movie overall is that if you can land Alicia Silverstone, you don't fucking divorce her. <laughs> Period. That, that's definitely what they were going for. Absolutely. Mm. Um, also, Alicia Silverstone. Uh, he, yeah. I, I, is there a reason she doesn't seem to appear in movies anymore? I, like, I, I, I'm sure she appears in movies, just nothing like huge. I feel like she was well, a much bigger name for a while. Well, I mean, she was a huge name in the 90s. I mean, what with Clueless and... Batman and Robin, obviously. Blast from the past. Why do I know the 90s so well? Um, <laughs> that's embarrassing. I wonder, I don't know if it's because she just stopped getting offers or because she just decided to, re like, not retire, but, like, kind of scale back. Go under the radar a little bit. Yeah, scale back. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. She was fucking great in Killing of a Sacred Deer, too. Oh, fuck. I forgot she was in that. She's so good yeah. in that. She's so fucking good in that movie, dude. But back to the lodge, like I think, like again, like what once the plot as the plot like builds up, like it is super fucking good. Like I, I, at midway through, I was at the point where like, is this like maybe my favorite movie of the year? Like uh, it's 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 building up to something really fucking cool. And yeah. uh, the, I guess before we go any further, uh -huh. um, we should probably just quickly do a quick plot summary. And then we'll go into hard spoilers so people have some level of context. Yeah, so, okay. Since this is like five minutes in, I'm just going to quickly ruin it for everybody. So after his ex-wife dies, Richard Armitage's character and his new fiance take their or take his two kids up to the family lodge for Christmas. And he has to go back home to go to work, but he's going to be back for the holidays. So he's basically and he's doing this more as a way to get the kids to trust his new fiance. Hilarity ensues. Yep. Um, now we're uh, going to talk about spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie and you kind of want to, this is a good time to leave. If you have seen it or you kind of want to know what you're getting into, stick around. Throughout like the whole movie, it's kind of ambiguous whether it's all in Riley Keough's head because she's off her meds or yeah. like if there's like something supernatural at play. And yeah. uh, then they make it very clear what's going on when they reveal that actually Jaden Martell and his sister have been have been gaslighting her the whole time. Yeah. And uh, I hate to say it retroactively ruins the movie for me because, like, I really love pretty much everything else about that movie. But mm. that left such a bad taste in my mouth. I, I think my biggest problem with it is that it just feels so unnecessarily nasty yeah no you like right. if if it villainized the kids to even some extent i'd be kind of okay with it yeah but, but the like, thing is is that it doesn't yeah like the, the movie the, seems I, like very the movie seems very dangerously neutral yeah and like 
like I didn't really get the 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 feeling that these were like nasty mean kids or anything. I just think that they no. kind of got put in a really bad situation, and like it's a really awkward situation too, which is one of the one of the things that it was conveyed so wonderfully. But then they this they pull this out and like they should have just left it ambiguous, honestly. Yeah, honestly, like I think it would have been better if they just left it ambiguous or if they literally did anything else with it. Like it just like, feels. Like I said, it just feels unnecessarily cruel and it just feels like this very uh, like the thing is, is like this is one of those movies that's really hard to talk about without ruining it. Uh, we're still talking, Corbin. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it feels like Corbin just walked in on me masturbating. Is it safe to come back now? Nope. Uh, we're, and we're, Brandon we're just walked in on us masturbating. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's Stefan and I have our private time. <laughs> fine <laughs> no but audibly hear me bite my lip <laughs> anyway keep talking i mean honestly it would be kind of hot anyway i was saying um <laughs> yeah no like i think the biggest thing is that it just feels so unnecessary and cruel and yeah i kind of wish they just left it ambiguous because i think it would have made the movie a lot stronger I think if you honestly just cut that part out like this movie is my fit like because it doesn't really affect the events after that much so if you just cut it out like this is probably my favorite movie of the year but oh yeah like it's it's exceptional if you cut out that part but as it stands like it's i think it i think it's fallen out of my top 10 at this point (laughs) yeah like it's it's kind of it's kind yeah like for me i think i gave it like a three and i think i'd give it like a three and a half out of five yeah if i had to rank it maybe a three somewhere in there yeah because like 90 percent of it is exceptional it's just that five or ten minutes where they reveal what's going on it's like okay well that's just stupid yeah and shitty and mean-spirited and cruel i really hate shitting on this movie because like seriously like you take that out this movie is fucking fantastic oh yeah you leave it in and it just like kind of spoils it so much for me but yeah uh i think we've kind of covered it um, yeah, uh, I, I realized like near the end of like right before we had we had to we had to break. I realized like we've done like eight movies and there's like so much more on this list. We're going to have to cut it down if we want to stay if we don't want to be here for another like three hours. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we didn't so do all, but we'll just that's fine. They'll come up. We later. have a year end episode to do. We're we're done for today. Uh, we have yeah. other stuff we've seen, but, you know, we'll it, it it's getting late. This yeah, we'll 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 keep it in our back pocket for now. We'll it's it's getting late over here, and this podcast I'm sure is getting pretty long. So we're gonna we're gonna call it here. Uh, Corbin, thank you for uh, for joining us again. Yes, thank yeah, you. no, thank you for having me on, guys. Uh, I hope always that a I pleasure can having you. Join again sooner than I did before, because <laughs> I think yeah, it's man, it's always a month since the last time I was on. Well, I, Holy I shit, Star, been sick Star Wars, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah. in. In fairness, I did tell Corbin that we've been like kind of looking for excuses to bring him back. <laughs> yeah, 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 we have. I appreciate it, guys. It's fun. Well, we appreciate having you. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, uh, that'll be it for today. Who wants to lead us out? Uh, Fuck I can, it. Okay. I can, I can, I, oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead Chris. Actually, no, Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> yeah, Brandon. You ha- Brandon, you you try it. You haven't done it. Okay. Uh, all right. I'll see if I can remember all the fucking my special shit. little sunflower. I'm going to get a lot of this wrong. It's fine. Okay. Uh, thanks we'll for listening, everybody. Uh, you, 
We are SQL Decay. You can find us on, uh, is it Twitter? Is that Decay SQL, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, at Decay SQL, uh, you can find us on, uh, we're on Google Podcasts, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Stitcher. Uh, I think I feel like I'm missing one. YouTube? YouTube. Uh, yeah. No, iTunes. Uh, Apple Podcasts, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, listen, listen to us on any of those uh, any of those platforms. You can... Uh, any any episodes you guys would recommend actually to like people like if if, say, if this is like the first episode someone's uh, listening to what would you guys recommend if someone was to go back watch um yeah watch good call actually yes good call um listen yeah. you get drunk and talk about Lipman and Dewey <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah th- that uh, that's it for us folks that's it for us folks thanks to you all for listening. Yeah. Or YouTube uh, watching, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything else? Uh, we. Oh, we're also on Facebook. I, I also yes, on Facebook. Yeah, at, uh, yeah. at okay. SQL Decay as well on Facebook. I think that's the only thing you missed. Good job. Um, we also have a Pornhub channel too. <laughs> oh, yep. and actually, technically, we also actually we do have a Patreon. If you guys feel like uh, helping us out Th- over here, throwing some money so I can finance my pog addiction uh, <laughs> yeah um, we'll have you know that every donation goes straight to the pornhub community channel <laughs> wow we're going to hell um <laughs> if, but yeah okay all right thanks everybody right. bye 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 tell craig to leave fuck you craig no one wants you here <laughs> you will serve you, one purpose to eavesdrop. Don't worry, Craig. I love you, babe.